How you doing today? Good, good. Um, are you content? Just checking up a little review from last time. Are you content? Yes. Are you content? Yes. Why are you? Why, tell me the truth. Come on now, be honest. Be be honest. <laughs> you know, if you just give uh, a lot of money to this ministry. You're going to get a bunch of stuff, so I want to just help you uh, to be a little discontented so you'll give more money, and then you will get more stuff, and then you'll be contented. Like, where are you going with this? That's kind of the way, that's kind of the, way the false teaching, that's the whole program of the false teaching thing, and, and uh, it's some, of, some, some false teachers are doing it uh, on purpose, some are doing it kind of uh, subtly. Maybe not on purpose, but there, uh, we talked about that last week quite a bit about the being motivated by greed and uh, sowing discontent. And, uh, you know, leaders that were really in it for the money, that's a scary thing. In it for the money, for the church, someone who's leading the church. But for us, uh, the, really the secret of contentment is something we should all be learning, and to be content with what we have, because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So to be content with God in our lives, he says to be content with me. That's first and foremost. You know, there's so many other things going on in our lives and so many things that are happening, but if we don't have our center and our focus where it should be, we're going to be so discontented. We're going to be messed up. But if we, we seek first the kingdom of God, it says in Matthew 6, and his righteousness, all the other things, they'll come and they'll come. He'll take care of them. So that's where the contentment uh, begins. Today, uh, I want to ask you, have you ever heard of uh, fight or flight? Anybody ever heard of that? And uh, <clears throat> what is it? <clears throat> Who can tell me what it is? <clears throat> Stand your ground or run away, yeah. Stress reaction, okay. So what, what brings it on in, in your life? Do you ever face it, any of you? I'm feeling it right now. I'm either going to fight or run. Because you're feeling stress, like, uh, I don't usually feel it here. You guys are, but today, like, you're giving me bad vibes here. Like, no, I'm just kidding. Today, we want to talk about fight or flight because it's a thing that we all face, right? So in your life, what brings it on? Just shout out some of the things in your life. Confrontation, Confrontation if you've got to confront somebody, yeah, I love that. What else? Having to say something in church? Yeah, right. How about... Uh, Holding your peace? Mm, good point. How about an unsafe situation where you might feel threatened, either physically or in other ways? And you feel like there's some kind of a danger? The, the uh, definition of fight or flight is this, the instinctive physiological response to a threatening situation 
which readies one either to resist forcibly or to run away. Is that good? No. Which readies one to either to resist forcibly or to run away. Fight or flight. Now, why do I bring that up today? Because it's in the Bible. Yeah, Gabe, all right. It's in the Bible. This stuff is in the Bible. And that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to start. Let's, uh, let's turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11. He says, but you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, God, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Really, I'm going to do this in three parts, really. I'm going to do the flee, which is a time to run, follow a time to pursue, and fight a time to fight. I'm going to break this up into three. So, But today, I want to look at Flee, a time to run. Did you see the picture? That's, that's it right there. That's what I want to look at today. Notice he says there, he says, you, man of God, flee from all this. You, man of God. The interesting thing to me is that he's talking to Timothy, right? And I believe this applies to a woman of God as well. Man or woman of God, he says, there's a time for you to flee. Say, well, the man of God should never flee. The man of God should always stand his ground. The man of God, the woman of God should always just, you know, be tough. But you know what? There are times for even the man or the woman of God to flee, to get out of there, to go. That's what he says to Timothy. He uses this word here, which we'll talk about, to run. I really like what it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. There is a time for everything, right? And a season for every activity under heaven. And he goes and lists a whole bunch of things. You know, a time to be born, a time to die, a time for this and a time for that and the opposites. There's a time to run. There's a time to stand and fight too. question I guess we, we have to be listening to God about is, is you know, how do you know? Which one do you choose? Is this a time for me to get out of here or is this a time for me to fight? How do you know? Well, you really need to be, to, to know that, first of all, the Holy Spirit living in you will give you the kind of, hey, danger, danger, danger. I was thinking, well, we should have a skit. We could have a skit and do something. My wife said, well, I got this idea where we have this, this danger warning signal going off and no, you know, it's just kind of quiet. And you're just kind of easy to, you know, kind of ignore that and just keep on what you're doing. And then it gets a little bit louder, and then you start, well, it starts to bother you a little bit, but you still don't do anything. And then it gets really, really loud. Danger, danger, danger. And then what do you do? The Holy Spirit, I think, within us can give us the prompting, can give us the guidance, what we need to to. To know, was well, this a time that I stay and fight, or is this a time I need to just get right out of here? Today I'm going to talk about getting right out of here. Sometimes you need to pray. Now, I want to say this, though, about prayer. I believe in prayer. But when you're in a situation like that, it better be a quick prayer. 
Well, let me pray about it. I've heard this too much. Well, I'm just going to pray about this. I'm in this situation, and I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to take, take, you know, 10 minutes, an hour, a day or two to pray about this. That's not, if you're in a situation, those warning signals are going off, the danger thing's happening. No, it's more like Nehemiah, when Nehemiah, he prayed, and then he had to answer right then. Prayer is good, but, but, but most of the time we already know. I think if you've been a believer long enough, I already know. You know. You know within you, hey, this, this is not a good situation for me to be in. This is something I need to deal with, that I need to take care of, that I need to make a move, make a change. The Strong's Dictionary uh, defines this word uh, that is found here in our verse, and we're going to look at a few other instances of it, to run away, to vanish, to escape, to seek safety by flight. I like that one. Seek safety by flight. And again, remember the context, he's saying, you man of God, you woman of God, there's a time for you to seek safety by flight where you need to make a move and and exit. Get out of there. Now the, now the situation he's talking about here in these verses, of course, he's talking the previous one as we've talked about false teaching. You need to you know, get out of there. If, the, if you're in a place where there's false teaching, if it's all focused on getting rich, if the temptation to make money like the God of your life, he says flee. This is the context he's saying, the, the love of money. You see that kind of coming and creeping into your life. You need to get out of there. You need to do whatever it is to make a change, to protect yourself. Find safety. The temptations, the foolish and harmful desires, the love of money. Now, another interesting thing about this word, and the uh, one uh, study Bible pointed this out, that the word itself is in what they call the Greek present imperative. And that, you know, basically what that means is it's a continuous action. It's a continuous action. When it's in the present imperative, imperative means you better do it. And present, the present tense in the Greek language means this, and I'm not a Greek scholar, but I know enough to tell you that it means a continuous action. And they went on to say this, the temptation for riches is ever present. And Timothy was to constantly run from this desire. Constantly. It's not something you do once and I never have to do it again. We think that, well, you know, I I fought that fight. I ran out of there. I I got the victory that one time. And now I'm good. Now I'm golden. Uh, uh, uh. You might need to run again. And you might need to run again. And you might need to run again. You see what I'm saying, right? I find it interesting, though, you know, Paul, he had all these things to say about these false teachers, but he's telling Timothy, who was like a son to him, who was his, you know, his, uh, he raised him up, basically. Paul was his mentor. And he's telling me, you better watch out for these things. You could fall into that same trap, too. None of us are immune. We think, you know, when... To him who thinks he stands, what does it say? Be careful. careful. Take heed lest you fall. When we start to think, you know, I could never fall into that. No, that's not a trap that I am, uh, you know, prone to. We've got to be careful. We've got to be careful. 
Timothy was not immune. He had to run. He had to flee. And there were certain things that he had to run. Now, this idea of running, you know, <clears throat> some things I was thinking about, we got to know when to run. Again, we, we trust God working in us. We, we trust the, that we know what God's word says about different things. So we know when it is to run. We know when it's dangerous. But we also know when we're weak, when we know our own weaknesses. Then we have to be on, on extra guard. We need to be careful. We need to, to, to know that, hey, this is a weakness. And when we're tired and, and weak at the same time, that's never a good combination. Know when to run. As I said, that there are times when it's, we're supposed to stay in the fight. Nehemiah, uh, he was fighting a battle there. And uh, in Nehemiah chapter 6, it says this, Nehemiah says, should a man like me run away? Or should one like me go into the temple to save his life? He says, I will not go. There are times when running away is not the right thing to do. And Nehemiah, in that particular situation, he knew, I need to stay and I need to, I need to stand right here. We're going to talk about that when we get to the third session section about this, about taking a stand. But Warren Wiersbe says this, he says, but there are times when fleeing is a mark of wisdom and a means of victory. Let me say that again, because this guy, he knows what he's talking about. He's, he's, he's got a great way of putting it. There are times when fleeing, running, getting out of there is a mark of wisdom and a means of victory. There are times when getting out of that's the best thing, that's the wisest thing to do, and that's where the victory is going to be. You say, well, I, I wasn't able to stand there and fight. Well, the victory came for you or for me in, in a given situation when I got out of there. That's when the victory came. When I said no and I, I exited. The second thing about that is to know how to run. You know, what we need to physically do to escape. Sometimes it's physical, right? You need to like get up from where you are and go to a different location. It's physical. Sometimes it's not physical. Sometimes it's, it's in your own head. You need to make a change of the way you're thinking and the direction that your thoughts are going and get out of there and go somewhere else. So it's to know, you know how to run and, and, and what you need to do Sometimes it's easiest to do it physically. And the third thing I think about this is, is, is the fact that you, you know when to run, you know how to run, and then you run. You actually do it. You actually run. Not just think about it. Well, I'm going to think about this for a while. What happens when you take that attitude? I'm just going to sit here and think about this for a while. You get a little bit deeper, you get a little bit harder to run, a little bit harder to make a move. We'll talk a little bit later about the way of escape. But <clears throat> this idea of fleeing, when you know it's the right thing to do, get up and do it. Don't 
sit around. I'm going to have a prayer meeting now, like I said. Don't sit around. Well, let me think about it and, and make a spreadsheet of, you know, if I stay, this will happen. If I go, this will happen. Time to go. When it's time to go, then go. Now, this situation applies, this principle applies to a lot of different areas. And here, again, he's talking about greed. He's talking about striving after stuff. He's saying, Timothy, you better watch out. You, you are you know, vulnerable, too. You could go down that path easily where the stuff and the money and everything could become your God and, and watch out. You could go that way. And I, you know, I feel like, you know, every one of us has areas that we're weak, that we're vulnerable in, and then, and a lot of times we're we're not aware of it, or we're not willing to admit that that's an area we need to like take steps when steps need to be taken. So there are three others I want to look at, other than this one, where Paul uh, uses this word "flee." The first one, uh, uh, actually this is the first one, so the second one would be here in 2 Timothy. Turn ahead just to the next book. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. And previous to that verse, he's talking about being useful. To being useful and, uh, for the master and, and prepared, ready to do whatever God might want us to do. And, and to be useful as a tool in his hands. And then in verse 22, he uses the same word again. He says, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue these things. Righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Flee the evil desires of youth, he says. And again, he's talking to Timothy again. He wrote to Timothy the first letter, and then later on he wrote this second letter. And this was actually Paul's last letter that he wrote. It was important. He says, flee the evil de desires of youth. Timothy, you better watch out. There are times you need to run. You need to flee. Now, I, I wrote this down because I think it's important to note. It's not just when you're young that you have to flee these things. Because when you're older, you also can fight the battle of evil desires of youth, true, too, isn't it? Now, I don't believe that he's only talking about sexual things in this verse. The next one we'll look at, he is. But here, he's talking about that plus other things that are the youthful lusts or the evil desires of youth. I don't know if you can think of any, but things that when you're young become a problem. This kind of think-I-know-it-all attitude. You know the story about, you know, when I was a teenager, you know, uh, how does that go? Um, how's it go? Help me out here. Yeah, something like that, you know. Yeah, that's a good one, too. When I was a child, I thought like a child. Where we, where we think we know it all. How about this? When you're uh, youthful as well, you, you think you've got to fight all the time. You've got to make a point. How about any others that you can think of, uh, you know, that, that we fight when we're, when we're young, but we still have to battle even when we get older? Flee, he said. 
You see this kind of thing. You see something in your life. Well, I haven't struggled with that since I was a kid. I, I, didn't, I fought that battle when I was a kid. No, we, there are some battles we need to keep fighting. Keep on fighting. There's a time to run, a time to get out of there. But notice he says there in that verse that we do this with others, with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. We don't fight alone. I think Justin spoke about it this morning about the body helping one, one another. We need to help one another. It's when we fight by ourselves sometimes that we get taken advantage of. And when we don't have the strength that we need, it's okay to have a brother or sister that you're close to and you share with and, and that, hey, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting, I'm, I'm struggling, I need, to, I need to do something here, help me. Pray for me at least. John said this about, about what's going on. He says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It's not of the Father, but is of the world. Some of those are some of the things that we face, some of the things that we fight against. Say, well, you know, that's not me. You know what? I, I don't buy it. We live in a world that are, is consumed by those three things. Our culture is consumed by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And if you are, if you are immune to those things, man, I don't know, you're living in some kind of a, a insulated bubble, yeah. Because it, it is all around us. All around us. Let's turn to the third one here, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. So back to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul uses the word again. This would have been before 2 Timothy because 2 Timothy, as I said, was the last letter that he wrote. But 1 Corinthians chapter 6, bless you. I wasn't going to say my son. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. He says it again here. He says, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. He says to flee from sexual immorality, and that, that basically includes anything that is outside of God's plan and God's purpose. Illicit, illicit relationships, adultery, uh, pornography. You know what? Again, it gets quiet when you start talking about these things, but again, this is like what's our society is like consumed with. You can't hardly watch a television program today without either the commercial or something in the show itself be, be completely said, you know, saying this is all good and great. But he says in this verse here that it hurts us. He says, uh, you know, we sin against our own body. We're hurting ourselves. So to flee from this, to flee from these things, he says, to run, 
to flee. In other words, do whatever we have to do. Whatever we have to do to avoid it, to get out of there, to get away from it. You know, uh, those kinds of things, you can't just entertain and entertain without it having some kind of effect on you. Be careful. Watch out. He says it's going to hurt you. It's dangerous to flee, to run. Why? Because we belong to God. And God has a better plan for us. Take steps, whatever you need to do. Uh, whether it's in the media, if you need to uh, not have some kind of cable channels that are full of garbage, then don't have them. If you need to have somebody who's responsible hold on to that remote control and change the channel when you know the uh, ad for uh, women's underwear comes on, and why do they show that during a football game? Somebody can change the channel. You need to do what you need to do, and, you, and you, don't, you need to do it now. You need to do it right when it's happening. If there's a program that's just going in a bad direction, you need to turn it off. You need to change the channel. The Internet, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that we need to, we need to get real and get uh, serious about this if, you know, that there are lots of ways we can protect ourselves with, with blocking programs and different kinds of things. I, I think it's irresponsible, personally, my personal opinion, it's irresponsible to not have some kind of protection from what is out there because the Internet is, can be a good thing, but it's, it's full of a lot of evil, very evil things. I have seen, I have seen marriages uh, that, you know, uh, where one of the partners, uh, you know, got involved in the dark side of the internet, the dark side of uh, different types of stuff on the internet, completely destroy the marriage, blow it apart. We got to get real, folks. Think, well, I can handle that. You know, I have blocking software that I've used for years and years, and I really like it. But even then, sometimes stuff pops up, like gets through somehow, and, I'm, and, and I have a choice to make right then. Well, I got, I got to move. I got to change. I got to click. I got to do something here. You know, I find myself looking at it for two or three seconds, and when it should have, I should have clicked at that right away, you see. None of us are immune. I'm not immune. To think that, you know, hey, that's no problem for me. Watch out. Be careful. Do whatever we need to do. Which brings me to the next verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Turn ahead a few chapters here. And uh, verse 12. We've already talked about this verse here. Verse 12, he says, So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. If you think you've got it all together, be careful. In Galatians chapter 6, it talks about restoring someone who has fallen. He says, you know, restore them gently, but watch out lest you yourself be tempted. Lest you yourself, uh, you know, get pulled in. It's great to help other people, but be careful too. 
If you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Look at verse 13. He says, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. It's common. It's commonplace. But notice, I like the, the way that, that word, he says, it sees you. It tries to get a grip on you. tries to get into you. Got, tries to, to take you. Take you captive. But it doesn't stop there. He says, and God is faithful. I love that. The faithfulness of God. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. He will also provide a way out, a way of escape. He will provide that for you if you're looking. If you and I are looking, the, the, the way of escape I found is always there. But the question is, am I going to take the way of escape? Am I going to make the move, make the change, run, flee, whatever it might take in that particular circumstance just real stuff folks it's getting real quiet in here today God is faithful though we got to depend upon the faithfulness of God and look for those ways of escape those way out those ways out and then take them take them the next verse is the the fourth time he uses this word flee, look at verse 14. He says, therefore, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. Flee from idolatry. And you say, you know what? We live in a Christian nation. We don't have any problems with idolatry in our country, do we? We don't, you know, we don't, you know like India, have uh, little temples on the corner where they actually, there are actually idols, physical idols sitting in there where people, they bring little gifts of fruit and other gifts and they put them in there in front of the idols. Literally, that literally happens in India. We don't have that in America. We don't have idolatry. Are you kidding? Are you kidding that we think we don't have idolatry? We have, Amer we have American idolatry, right? We don't call them stars. We call them idols. We, we're not even afraid to use the word. Oh, my idol is, you know, this band or that guy or this actor or this actress. Oh, that's my idol. We're not even afraid to use the word. No, we don't have any idolatry in our country. Are you kidding me? We are consumed with idolatry. We worship sports teams. We worship musicians. We worship even politicians, maybe. That one's a little maybe on the edge. We worship a lot of different things. We worship stuff, right? The latest thing that you can have. Well, you know, I got the iPhone 6S. Well, check it out. You know? And then you gotta, then you got to like have an insurance policy. You're carrying around this $800, $600, whatever it is. Uh, I don't have one. Phone in your pocket. If you have one, don't. I'm not picking on you. 
But you've got to be careful. You can't, you know, you've got to pack a gun or something to protect yourself from this thing. Somebody might take it from you. I got this iPhone 6, you know. I had this argument with my son about the, uh, this is a little side note, about the, uh, the logo for Apple, the little bite out of the apple. I said, I said, that's from Genesis, man. That's from Genesis chapter 3, the bite out of the apple. That's, be careful. Oh, that's not what that is. He just saw a picture of an apple. He thought it would be more interesting if you took a bite out of it. Okay. <laughs> Flee from idolatry. The definition of idolatry is this, and I did make this up. Kelly? Okay. You listening? Anything that takes God's place in our hearts. Anything that takes God's place in our hearts. That's idolatry. When you know, you start to get consumed by stuff like yard sales. <laughs> you know, or, you know, whatever it might be. Huh? Vanity, you know, we get consumed by things. We got to be careful. He says, flee from it if it starts to take God's place in your heart. It, it, you know, if, if you're spending more time, you know, if you're consumed with this and you have no time now to open God's word, if you're consumed by this and you have no time to pray, you're consumed by this other thing and you, and you know, church is just like not even important, be careful. Watch out. He says, you better make some moves. You better make some change. You better flee from idolatry because it's taking God's place. If it takes God's place, you're, you're, you're in a world of hurt. Flee. Run. Go the other way. I like this scripture about David when he was in danger. It says, David said to all his officials who are with him, the, the danger was actually coming from his own son, he says, come, we must flee or none of us will escape from Absalom. We must leave immediately or remove quickly to overtake us and bring ruin upon us and put the city to the sword. Again, he's talking about the danger from his own son. Uh, but, but there's some, some interesting uh, connection to what I've been talking about this morning. We must flee or none of us will escape. There are times when we need to run or we will not escape. We need to make a change right now or we will not escape and we will face ruin and a sword and danger. You can read about this in, in uh, Proverbs chapters 5, 6, and 7 where he says, you know, hey, it's out there. You better watch out. But it's going to take you. It's going to reduce you to a loaf of bread, he says. Your very life is, you know, at the end of your life, you're going to go, Wow. Why didn't I pay attention? I'm just going to groan at the end of my life because I got ate up by that. I want to close with the example of uh, Joseph. So if you'll turn with me back to the book of Genesis, chapter 39. And some of you knew I was probably going to go here, right? How many of you were thinking about this? Be honest, a few of you. Genesis, chapter 39. Joseph... He had been sold by his brothers, got in, you know, 
sold into slavery, got in, you know, we talked about that, uh, you know, his, his trust in the Lord even in the middle of his most uh, wicked circumstances. But, but he got into a, a place here with his Egyptian master, and his master gave him, he saw him uh, working hard, and the Lord was with him, it says in verse 2. The Lord gave him success in everything he did. He found favor in his uh, master's eyes. He became his attendant. So he got put in charge of all this. But look down to verse 6. It says, so he left in Joseph's care everything he had. And with Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now, Joseph was well-built and handsome. I just want to stop there for a second. Uh, just uh, This doesn't only apply to those that are well-built and handsome. <laughs> just so you know. Okay? Because I would not be able to make application for myself. Oh, please. <laughs> Verse 7, And after a while his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, Come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, My master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Ultimately, sin is against God. David said that in Psalm 51. He said, against you and you only have I sinned. He's talking about what happened with him and Bathsheba. In verse 10, and though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. He was taking steps already. Listen, I'm not going to do that. And I'm not even going to be with you. But one day he went into the house to attend to his duties and none of the household servants was inside. And she caught him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and he ran out of the house. He ran out of the house. First he refused. He did what he needed to do. But finally it got to a point where he had to do something more drastic. And it says he ran out of the house. He ran. Now, you can read the rest of the story. He actually ends up in jail because he did the right thing, right? And sometimes it's not the, the, the consequences of doing the right thing aren't always going to appear to be right. But if it's the means of victory, God, let God worry about all that. And God worked it out in Joseph's life. He even used that situation because Joseph did the right thing. He used it to get him in a different place where he could then eventually be raised up as the second in command in all of Egypt. You say, well, uh, how could Joseph figure, figure that out? Well, he could never figure that out. And you and I can never figure all this stuff out. But, but in the moment, he did what the right thing was, which was to get out of there, even though he lost his favorite coat. He trusted. He trusted God. He said, how can I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? I like this verse, and maybe a little out of context, but I like this, and I because I thought about this. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. We think about this in terms of like running 
the race, running a, you know, in the good direction. But, but I, think, I think just possibly it applies to running away from certain things too. We'll run and not grow weary. Keep running, as I said earlier. So I want to just leave this thought with you. We're going to have communion right now. And, and, uh, but I want to leave this thought with you that there is a time to run. There's a time to flee, to do what you need to do in a situation. And it applies to every single one of us because we all have weak spots. We all have weak areas, and it might be different for every person in here. But I want to encourage you, O man of God, O woman of God, to flee when it's time to flee, to do what you need to do. You will be thankful for it afterwards. Believe me, I, I know. There are times when... When, when I've done the right thing, you feel, you feel good. And times when you don't do the right thing, it's not so good. You and I need to, to use the example of, of Joseph and run when we need to run. Flee when we need to flee. Next week we'll talk about following after or pursuing what we need to do because you don't... You need to have something you're going to, right? You don't just run away from something unless you're running to something. You know, this uh, ministry that Alex has uh, uh, been involved with, U-Turn for Christ, and they just went down uh, last week to uh, visit the uh, ministry down there. It's a U-Turn. You're running away. You're turning away 180 degrees from one direction into another direction. But repentance is just that. It's turning away from something, but it's turning to something as well. It's turning to God. And when we run from these situations, we don't just run out into an empty, open, you know, void. We run to God. That's where we run. That's where we run. A time to pursue. Where do we run to and what what we want to look at right now and what we want to think about right now is that we run to the cross. We run to the cross. We seek safety by flight. But we go where the strength is, and that's where the strength is at the cross, the power of the cross. There's a song I've been uh, looking at recently. It's, you know, there's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain. And it's at the power of the cross, of what Jesus did for us at the cross, that he, he died for that sin. He, he, the, he shed his blood for you and I to have victory. That doesn't mean we're perfect. None of us are. Seek safety by flight, though, and run to where the strength is. It's at the cross. Run to the cross. We used to sing a song called that. Run to the cross. Bring every care. Bring our, bring our whole lives to him. So we're going we're gonna to pass out the elements now. We're going to pray first and uh, take a few moments while uh, the elements are passed out and, and we have some quiet. And, and perhaps there's something in your life that you just know, you know what, i got to take action. Or maybe it's just this is preparation for you. It's something that you're going to face at, at some point in your life in the, in the very near future. Flee. I want, you to, I want you to hear that siren going off. Flee. In your head. And I'm going to be hearing it too.
This applies to me just as much as it applies to every single one of us here. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your grace and your mercy, your forgiveness of us, Lord. But we also want to do what's right in following you. And sometimes that means to flee from some of these things that we've talked about this morning. I pray you'd give us uh, the strength we need. We read that you're faithful. and You'll provide a way out. You're faithful. You won't let it be more than what uh, we can bear, but you will provide a way out. But I pray you'd also give us the strength, Lord, to take the way. Father, as we come to the cross this morning, we bring ourselves and, and uh, our weaknesses and our failures and, and uh, the things that we face in our own daily lives. I pray, God, I come, we come to the cross and we, we lay it all out there before you, God. We lay it all before the, the cross of our Savior, Jesus. And we say, God, help us. God, help us. Pray, too, uh, this morning, Lord, that Maybe there's someone here today that, that doesn't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. You can, you can pr pray right now and open your heart and life to Him and, and partake of this communion of the body, the remembrance of the body and the blood of Jesus and what He did for you, what He did for me, that He died on the cross for my sin, that He was buried, that He rose from the dead the third day defeating death, conquering sin. Lord, see our hearts, Lord. See those hearts that are searching for the truth right here, right now, today, Lord. Prepare us even as we take this, uh, these few moments together, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.